Okay, diary listeners. This is the third and final phase of the Phoenix. We're calling this the resurrection, part three of our time with Sabrina Mati. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. have a lot of artists to kind of tap into in the tattoo community already which I the ones that I've been like actually making friends with recently like yourself are like I it's interesting because I've had those people but I'm getting so much more out of the people I've just been recently meeting like you oh cool awesome yeah because it just I, I don't know it's it's nice to like connect with people because I feel like those people they were working in it for a while and then they're like still staying to their thing whereas like there's people like you, like we're, you're still talking about like the culture and like, you're keeping that prevalent and like relevant as well. And you're like insightful about it. Whereas some people are just like, they just do it. And then that's like their, their, their job. You know what I mean? So I like that. Like recently yeah. I'm like talking to people like you where you, like you have insights about it and you have like history and you like talk and you like to like study you know, the whole, like the whole culture and the ins and outs and the experiences and everything. And I like that you have this podcast. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so up my alley too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds a lot like yours only, you know, uh, focus on just entrepreneurship and, um, my, mine's like, I, I too, going back to what you were talking about, about the schools, I, I feel like there's something, um, very integral and very necessary about having an apprenticeship. Um, I did not find my, I didn't, I didn't find that, that, um, collegiate, see, that was like a regurgitation for me. Um, that was where I felt like I was, I was being taught a bunch of stuff I'd already learned before. Cause like you, I went to a magnet program for art in high school, which, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like that, um, the art school that you would have gone to is what I yeah. went to that buffered my portfolio and everything to go into, into college. And so when I got into college, I was just like, God damn it. What, when are you going to teach me how to like do this as a living? Like I want to do, I want to do this as living. Nobody's te- they just keep trying to teach me art. I know how to do art now. Like, yes. like can we move on? Like, to, how am I going to sell this? And I honestly I always found told my- people, yeah. like I learned so much in my internship that I did, uh, all three years of my uh, yep. college. Yep. So much. And you well, know, I've learned that. What <laughs> I learned in my internship, I did one and it was with an illustrator. And I think the thing that I took away from that the most was the workflow because she worked out of her home. She did illustration. Her husband was actually her, her art manager, like her, her, um, uh, what do you call them? The, I guess it was just the manager kind of guy. Like he was the, um, the liaison in between and worked all the deals and the numbers and stuff. And then they had two children, one, uh, that was uh, severely disabled and then another one that was the youngest, but, but she was so cute. And they just, they had this life that I was like, there's love here. Like, like it, it, 
everybody respected each other in that household. Everybody saw each other. Everybody was kind to each other and giving and communal and just you, all you felt in that space was love. And it was so cool. It was, it was really funny because I did whatever they asked me to do, but, but they, you know, I, I was welcomed into their home and I got to see how they lived and how they combined. And they lived in this beautiful house, like right next to Annapolis, like on, on the water, it was this gorgeous home. And they like, they would break together and all have, have like lunch together. And then they'd go off and like have their own spaces in the house. And I loved that the, the father called his daughter, buddy, like, Hey buddy. And like, like, like they would, there was just, and their cat, they had a Siamese cat, which Siamese cats are really uppity. Like as far as like personality wise, they tend to be a little, this cat was like a noodle, like this little girl who I think she was like seven or eight. Like she was not old could just hold this cat and it would just go like limp. Like it loved her so much. And would like, and I was just like, dude, this, this whole house is full of what I want my life to be. Like, I want, I want something that looks like this, that feels like this. And, you know, I, 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 I always thought I want to do my art for a living. What I didn't realize is that like, no matter what I do, I, like that's the lens I see it through. Like I'm going to be an artist in whatever expression, just, just that's the way I see the world. That's kind of who I am. But like the, the way I want to do my art, the way I want to express myself, the way I want to connect to people, I always want that love there. Like I want that because it cannot be, I don't, I, I just hate it when it's cheapened. I hate it when it's doesn't feel good. Like, and it's yeah. forced. I just it's- don't like it. That's what, for me, uh, I mean, I'm sure for everyone, what college feels like, you just feel like you're being like, again, pumped through a machine Mm -hmm. and just like drill sergeant type of like, you know, militarized, like kind of environment. And that's, you carry that with you into whatever company you work with and everything. Like, I like that you said, like you saw a workflow, like, I noticed when I got, when I did get my first internship, uh, I did notice a little bit of a difference compared to like college. I was like, my college life is harder than what I'm doing right now for my job mm-hmm. because in college, like, especially with me, cause my mom told me I always had to take all five classes at once, you know, <laughs> and that's what we were used to all of our lives. We take a freaking six classes at once. And we all have, we have homework for each class and everything. We have no playtime whatsoever. No. And it was like college was again harder for me because like art projects are not the same as academics you know Mm -hmm. like study time isn't the same as art projects because you don't know how long an art project is gonna take yeah and if you're gonna come across uh mental blocks with it your creative blocks with it Mm -hmm. and I battled that with all of my classes at one time and I was just like dude this is a lot and then when I got my first internship and my first job I was like this is so much easier than college what the hell it makes no sense why did they do that but you still do get that like you carry that like drilled kind of with you when you work for companies you know Mm -hmm. you're always carrying that whole like um, yeah, we're all like pumped through a machine, you know, but and I feel like that's what it prepares you for is more of like, um, the company kind of rhythm lifestyle. Like, yeah. And, and that's the thing about the schools. Um, that brings us to like on a, so I have an insider thing here. The schools is a gateway to making an industry because what ends up happening is schools usually 
work hand in hand with regulators and they set certain standards that are not about um, actual quality. It's about limiting competition, honestly. And it's, it, that becomes an ultimate gatekeeper. Whereas, you know, everybody likes to um, say that tattooing is gatekeeped. Well, individually it is. Um, I can't, I can't think that you could say that now that there's so many damn YouTube videos out there of people like showing you how to do this stuff and breaking it down to you and, and trying as best they can to make sure that you're not hurting people as you explore things yourself. But I don't see that about the tattoo community. I see them wanting to keep the power with the people that actually do it and have lived it. They don't want to have the people who want to make this into a money-making bullshitty thing that's ultimately going to be about keeping certain kinds of people out. Because as you said, with your art you know, education, you went to college, you had to pay a hundred grand for that. You know, a hundred grand is not accessible to everyone. And I'm still paying it. Right. And at the time when I was learning to tattoo, my first tattoo apprenticeship, um, not my first, my second one, he, he was going to charge me, I think it was like two fifty dollars or $3,000. And it was right after 2008. Nobody was giving out loans. I didn't have money. I was just rebounding from a bad relationship and a whole bunch of crap. And I was like, well, that's fair, but I just, I don't have that money. And it morphed into him needing somebody in the space and then was able to take me in there. And, and we worked it through me spending the time and I worked there for free, just, you know, putting in the time. So we, we figured it out, but see, you can do that with an everyday business owner and with a person. Yeah. Is it going to be, you know, a lot more grassroots? So you're going to have to know yourself or you're going to have to, you know, really listen internally and listen to what, you know, you know, you need and you want and move when necessary. Yeah. Is, is there not going to be somebody there to like tell you what to do every five seconds? Yeah. Like there's, there's you're going to have to be a lot more in tune with yourself and what you know you want in order to do, uh, you know, an apprenticeship and really follow through with it. But at the end of the day, what you're going to be working with is people, people who are going to need you to be a Sherpa. They're going to need you to be able to walk them through all of their anxieties, all of their fears, all of, all of their hesitancy. And you have to be the kind of person who can take all that on and then, and carry out the task at hand. And so an apprenticeship is necessary for that, because if you don't have that kind of on-site kind of heat to your learning and that, that way of knowing yourself you're not going to be able to, to cipher who and who isn't a good client for you. What, what workflow is good for you? You're not going to know shit. You're only going to know yeah. what you were told. And then you're going to need to find some next person to tell you what's, what's going on. And, you know, that, that leaves so much room for you just being a blind person, you know, and you might be following another blind person. Um, yes. You know, so the, the point is, is that by doing apprenticeships, I feel you, you are forced into this necessary state of really responding to yourself and really listening to yourself and communing. Like I said, it's the ultimate with tattooing because we do teach that way as of right now. I think with schools, 
if we did schools at all, I would, I would appreciate it being something that was like a starter for getting an apprenticeship. Like, oh, you went here and now you're kind of cutting the fat of the kind of people who are asking me for an apprenticeship. Like I, I know that, you know, uh, my college, they prepped you for an internship. Yeah, exactly. And, and that way, you know, it's kind of a lead in, but you know, still, if, if we make that the standard, if we make that be the kind of thing that is required to be a tattoo artist, I feel like it will, I, 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 I don't think it's going to produce great things because I think that I, I love the accessibility of this craft to somebody who maybe just got out of jail, you know, or learned to tattoo in jail. Like that's their one thing that they love. They found in the darkest of place places. And now they have this thing that they can go and activate in the world that they're excited about that gave them a light in a very dark place. And now they, they, they know what they want to do. If you, you take that person right out of jail and say, well, you got to pay a hundred thousand dollars or whatever for this degree yeah. in order to get your foot in the door. That sucks, dude. Like yeah. that really sucks. And I think it will remove all of the beautiful things that come from tattooing because these Sherpas come from dark places and people who are able to help you with, like you're saying, like your own psychological issues, your own troubles, they can do it because they have, like you said, the discernment to do that. They've been there or they've been worse and they know what you're experiencing and, and they're kind, non-judgmental space because they know that if they had, you know, if, if it had to be the other way around, they would want that kind of person, you know, receiving them and everything. They, they need that kind of person. So yeah. for me, it just, it makes sense to make it, something where you find a person where you click, where you get an opportunity and both of you like hammer it together and follow it through to its end, whatever end that might be. But I think the lack of assurances is necessary, especially in art, because there is no assurance in art. Like we, we play with shit. Like when I start doing a painting, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I just know that I'm making something and I'm, 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 giving myself to that time and that experience. And I'm just seeing what will happen. And then what usually happens is really cool. And I never regret it. Um, even if it isn't what I planned out for it to be, or if it isn't like my best work, I'm not, I don't regret that time. And I, I think that you have to have people that are willing to go beyond, like you said, that product that thing, we're not producing a product. We're romancing the process and we're doing this together. This is, this is about two humans taking a journey together and really playing in a space where, you know, one is guiding the other, but the other one's trusting the other. And it's really fucking cool. I think that will be lost with schools. Um, yeah, I, I do. And I, I can see them being like a segment for people who might feel like they're, they're shut out a little bit, or they just want to kind of know the, the basics and that's that's where their head's at, you know, like everybody needs information delivered a certain way. But for me, having experienced both, um, I, I truly feel an apprenticeship is where it's at, no matter what. And even the abuse that you can incur during an apprenticeship, it, it makes you who you are, you know, like it makes you, 
it makes you capable of like, if somebody, if you've been even sexually abused within that space, you're going to be that much kinder to somebody else who's incurred that in their own world. You're going to understand how to work with that person and how to talk to that person and how to comfort them. It, it's a, it's a cross to bear and it sucks, but like it, it's or not... you're going to learn to uh, see red flags in yeah. the future. If it ever yeah. happens again, like where well, you can sense your intuition with like a certain client or a certain yep. shop uh, where like you work with people, like, yeah. If it's happened once, you're like, oh, red flags. I don't want this to happen again. And then you're going to see it, you know, come again in your future. And you're going to be like, oh, this is no go. Yep. And yep. then you're going to have discernment for that. And you're like, okay, yep. I'm good. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little dense with, with red flags. I, I, I will admit it. I, I'm very, uh, you know. Optimistic. I, yeah, I, I would, I, it's just the world I want to live in. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, it's exhausting to, to think about all the different ways somebody's going to fuck me over. Like it really, yeah, I really have, is. <laughs> I have people tell me all the time. They're like, Sabrina, you like have too much faith in people. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like that, that should, I don't know. I would like to, I would rather have faith in someone than be like, than think that everybody's on one level and they have to prove themselves to me, you know, like I'd rather give everybody a chance and then they can give, they can ruin that chance and fuck it up. That's fine. I'd rather let them like go there than assume the worst of every single person around. Cause that's living in anxiety. Yeah. I want to live in a world like that. And I have come across people. It's very interesting. Like I have come across people where they have showed red flags and I, I, I observed it and I'm like, Okay, but let me see where I can go with this. And I still ran along knowing that there were red flags. Mm -hmm. But I shifted it because I held my boundary and my integrity. Mm -hmm. I held it strong. And I kept with my authentic self to these people. And what happened in the end is I just didn't become a victim of their whatever thing that they were going on with. Mm -hmm. And they were able to see, they were also able to see me as a person for who I am rather than just another person that they like, you know, could have potentially abused or come across and uh, Me assaulted. Too, dude. Yeah. Me too. Or they end up like liking you as a person you end up yeah. making friends with them and you yeah. actually get to like connect with them on like there. I recently met an artist for like, like he had a lot like going on in his life <laughs> and his upbringing and everything. And, uh, I was, I felt like I was almost one of those girls where I feel like he thought he could take advantage of, you know, but, uh, I held my boundary and mm-hmm. I came at him as a person. I was like, like, I wanted to just talk to him like as an artist and sure enough, like he, I could sense that he tried a couple times with me, but mm-hmm. he gave up, but then he didn't hate me or like turn me away. He actually liked talking to me. Yeah. And then, uh, like I, it was nice to be able to like, at least have him vent, you know, every now and then if he had troubles going on in his life, I was that person that like heard the venting and I didn't judge him for it. I wasn't there to judge him and his choices. I was yeah. just there to be like a friend and be like, Hey, this is probably not healthy for you. Yeah. You know, like just, uh, just a suggestion. Don't need Sometimes- to take it sometimes those people are really looking for somebody they can trust and they're, they're really at a point of fuck the world. A lot of them, I feel like it's, it's not, it might not have had anything to do with you. I've, 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 I, I've experienced exactly what you're saying. Everybody was like, this guy is a psycho or this person's like this. And I'm like, you think that I don't see it. I do see what you're saying. I, I'm I'm not not an idiot. (laughs) Right. I'm not an idiot. 
like, yeah, I, I see all those things, but how, how, how can I, how can I walk away from this person? How can I walk away from that much pain and, and see it and not try to have some kind of compassion for it? Because I, you know, I, I know I didn't do it. I know it has nothing to do with me and about me. And that's, that's the thing about like setting your boundaries and is, you know, and then pushing back at them when they push at you is like, sometimes people are just really looking for somebody who um, they know is stable and themselves and they, they want something to believe in. And when you get a person that is so, like you said, has so much going on in their world, their life, they've been shit on a lot. They get very fuck it to the world. And they're, they're at a, they're at a borderline where they could shift. And that's where like that, that movie, the Joker, when they did the analysis of the Joker, I met somebody like that. I actually dated him for a while and I, I, everybody warned me about him and I knew, I knew it wasn't forever, but I was like, I can't, I can't be another person because I'm pretty sure all it's going to take is one more person to let this guy down and disillusion him in the world. And that's not going to be good, man. Cause, because the amount of venom that you will have for life after this, it's not going to produce good things. I I have to stay here. Like I have to stay here at, at, at least be the person that I am in this space. Like you said, set the boundaries let him know that his shit's not going to work, you know, here. And we're still friends and loving to each, to each other to this day. And he saw himself a lot in that. And it, I think it, it helped him a lot, a lot, mm. a lot to the point where now he's kinder and he's accepted a lot more of his shit. Um, and all I just needed was somebody who was willing to like be there and, yeah. and give him a reason to not, give up completely about this life in this world because everything up until that point had given him, you know, no faith, no, no feelings of connectivity. And he is a kind of person that like, you know, if you say you're going to do something, do it. So what I imagine is, is he had so many people that just would tell him lines of bullshit and then not follow through that. He just didn't care anymore. He didn't care about anything. And so caring for him in that space really, I think helped him. Um, you know, it was three years of my life and his, but again, I'm here to make some marks, man. So that's a mark that I made. All of my relationships, (laughs) literally all of my relationships have been three years and I have always dated the same exact type of men. where they always like had this aura of negativity and like stubborn, like a stubborn outlook on the world. And they Mm -hmm. just like, they were, people also warned me how they were, you know, as, as a partner or whatever, or I've heard about their past and they were always like these gloomy, like, Oh, like either the gloomy, like, Oh, I was a shit person in my past. And like, I could never be forgiven or the people that were like, fuck the world. And I knew I was to some degree abusing myself by staying, Mm -hmm. but there was something that I saw in them that like when I left, I didn't like break off bridges with them. Like most people do like, fuck you, bye. Like it was more of like, okay, I got to leave for myself for my sake, but like, I wish you all the best in life. And then I would always see after these relationships, 
that these men would find their soulmate mm-hmm. and they, they, they would settle down with that person and they would completely yeah. change. So like my first, there was my college, uh, ex, he, um, after we broke up, he, uh, the next person that he dated was his, he's still with her. And mm-hmm. I remember with me, he told me he never wanted to get married. He's engaged with her. He like proposed to her and everything and is married to her now. And then just recently, uh, I have an, um, my recent ex and everything. He also was in a whole, like, Mm -hmm. I'm a broken toy, blah, blah, blah. He had commitment issues with me. Mm -hmm. And I know now like he's in a, uh, in a relationship and he seems like he's doing a lot more that he never did with me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's good. Like that means that there's some improvement there. And I kind of like shifted their perspective. Like, not that I want to change people, but I like to like, at least like, hope for the best for people mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, and my my current man I told him I'm like you know you're the longest relationship so far because we're coming on four years and I told him I was like I seriously thought forever <laughs> that I was gonna be alone forever because three years is yep. always my number always my number <laughs> so awesome. we're breaking that <laughs> mine mine have run mine are getting well I'm with um, I yesterday was actually my three-year anniversary with with this one um and three years three years is when I start going to myself can I do this forever um with with the person that I was talking about that was that was within the first year I was like yeah I can't do this forever but I can't leave you, either you know it right yeah. like you know it but you still stay around yeah 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 well I've had other relationships like that um mine are mine vary um uh, the longest has been eight years. And, and <gasps> that was, um, it was very cool though. Like uh, in retrospect, cause I wasn't a great person during it too. Like I learned a lot in that particular relationship. I learned, I learned to be very vocal. I learned that, um, I did myself no service by withholding things that I thought would freak him out, you know, like just to avoid a conflict. I was like, nope. Like after that relationship, I was like, this shit went on for eight years because I didn't totally show this person who the fuck I was. And I didn't allow him, I didn't allow him to annoy me enough or freak out enough to the point where I was just going to end it. It just went on in this very awful way for way too long. And we did ourselves a disservice and I was just as much to blame as him. So I, I see that now. Um, I always do like within therapy, I was taught, you know, like, Hey, takes two, two to tango, man. Like you can't walk away just pushing everything else on him. And, um, you know, when you hear from the peanut gallery, the people who are watching and that they're only concerned about you whenever they're, they're only looking at one piece of it. So they're like, "You you need to get away. You need to do this. You need to do that. Like, and I would hear all those things, but you know, like, they're only looking out for me in that. And I, I know why I'm doing something. So yeah, I, I always try to analyze myself afterwards to try and hopefully get the new, the new boyfriend, the better, the better one, but this one, this current one, same, same as your guy. I, I, I still want to be with him after three years. I'm like, I could do this. I could do this a lot longer. It's like a manifestation <laughs> of everything you've learned yeah. in yeah. like one person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we're both big kids. We're both silly. Um, we both, same. you know, yeah, yeah. We both have 
very interesting inadequacies that are, that are, you know, going to be life hurdles, I'm sure for us to overcome, yeah. but that's great. Um, but we, we work really well together. Um, yeah. really, really well together. And yeah, that, that's always been, um, an issue. Uh, cause I, I like you, I thought I was going to be alone forever. I really thought I was broken. Um, it's just too weird. Um, for most people and too obsessed about something that is, unless you do it, um, or unless you have something compatible to it that you throw yourself into and you have this much passion for something, you really cannot be with somebody who just goes to a job. Like you really can't. Yeah. Um, there, I, I haven't found that with anyone because like you have to have a respect for how much, cause there was always a competition with me and the people that I dated with my art. They always Same. felt that way. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I, I don't know if it was an envy or, or whatever it was, but there was always this, like, you care, you know, so much about this. And I'm like, dude, it's what I am. Like, it's what I am. Like, I can't, you wouldn't want me to stop doing this. Like, yeah, I would be a horrible, horrible shell of a, I, I wouldn't want to breathe. Like if I didn't yeah. do these things, like there is no competing with this. It's only embracing it. I'm like, I dating don't even know. Yeah. Dating an artist needs, there needs to be rules, not rules. <laughs> um, there needs to be a book written about it because I noticed like there, even just like the brief moment, like our brief period, because I jumped from relationship to relationship, but there were little t- like downtimes in between that I did briefly date, like for like one or two months here and there for other people. And uh, I did learn over time that being an artist is something that's very like admirable and very like, like shiny to people. Mm-hmm. Like they like go, Ooh, ah, like you can do that. And that like, Oh, that's so cool. And it's always cool to be with an artist. Mm-hmm. It's always like, ah, oh, yeah. Like, you know, my partner does this and this and like, they, they, they're so talented and it's like, woo, but they don't understand. Like you have to nurture that. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different ball game. Like being in a relationship with that, it's like a roller coaster, and it's like, well, like you said, you got, you can't let, you can't for, want the person to not want to do their yeah. art or to keep them away from it. Yeah. You know? And then you also have to realize that the public perception is not why we do it too. Like yeah. you're, you're excited about that because it, you feel cool by proxy, but yeah. we're not cool. We're fucking nerds. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're obsessed about something that like, only we can really geek out about that. Again, like you said, people find shiny, but like the guy that I was with for eight years, I would constantly tell him like, look, you can be a fucking amoeba and have a a reaction to art because that's how dumb it is. I'm like, you don't have to know anything about anything to, to love art. You know, you can just show up and look at it and be like, my God, I love this and have an emotional connection because that's where art hits people. I was like, dude, you're a freaking engineer. You're an electronic, uh, like an electrical engineer. I'm like, the reason why people don't talk to you about is because they can't keep up, man. Like <laughs> you actually have to like, <laughs> like be really fucking smart to keep Have you seen that you. show on, I think it's on Netflix. It's called Baconeering. It's when they combine a baker with a, an engineer Oh, and cool. together, like the engineer comes up with the like engineering aspect of whatever they're creating, like, cause they have to like create, like create oh. some sort of like functional contraption, oh, but cool. it's a mixture of like engineering and cake oh, or like cool. baking or whatever. I'll have and to check it out. 
so funny to watch because you see like the artists and how they are as people and everything. They're like really fluid and like, and then you see the engineers. They're like very nerdy with how they talk to the point where the host like always looks so uncomfortable when they're talking to the engineers. Cause they're like explaining all these things. And the, oh, the host is always like, we're losing uh-huh. them. We're losing people. You're losing me. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about that. Stick more glitter on it. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. And, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's the thing is that art is so evocative and, and that's the point of it. You know, we're, we're kind of like, we're kind of the people who, you know, put that extra cherry on top and it does, it makes things really, really awesome. But and like you said, like there's no accolades for the engineers, right? But yet they change the cell phones and all the things that we just put on like wires. He would make these wires. He knew how to make these wires. He knew how to connect them. He knew how to do all the shit that I consider fucking magic. Okay, like, <laughs> like but I'm that's just- my dad in my family. Yeah. He like like when I broke my like Sega Dreamcast controller as a kid because they were obsolete. They stopped selling them and everything. And my dad didn't want to buy a new controller for a system that's obsolete. So he like taught me how to go into the wire of the controller and like he cut it open. He uh the like external thing and the mm-hmm. covering. And then he showed me the little tiny wires that are inside. And he's like, I'm going to help you. Like, I'm going to show you how to solder these. And he soldered them together. These little microscopic fucking wires. <laughs> because he told me, he was like, this is the problem. He was like in your wire, these tiny, tiny wires are ripped. That's because you, the way you roll and like uh, store your controllers is no yep. good. Yep. And he showed me how to fix that. And then, uh, it worked and yeah. I felt so powerful, like, and smart. I'm like, wow, I just did this and I fixed, like, I fixed my own controller, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's a huge thing when you're able to hack stuff like that. And, and again, with tattooing and things like that, because if you're with somebody with any kind of age, they've gone through a gauntlet of different kinds of machines and, and phases of those things. Um, you know, nowadays you might find somebody who's just going to start you off a of rotaries right away. And then you can track it back, you know, afterwards if you'd like, but if you get somebody who's, you know, loyal to the coil, man, like you're going to have there's like some a, people that are, there's some dude. people who are like, no, you got it before you pick up a rotary pen, you have to learn the ins and outs of the coils. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, they, I will say this, like if what you love is line work, I think you'll really love a coil because they're, they, the way they hit the skin for lines is just magic. It's really yeah. wonderful. It's really yeah. saturated. Mm-hmm. Effortless, yeah. really. It's really yeah. nice. So I think you I, will uh, love them. <laughs> the, piece on my, the piece on my leg uh, mm-hmm. is all done in uh, coil mm-hmm. and the line art. And I see huge difference. It's yeah. a little harsher yeah. of a finish. But yeah. since it's such a huge piece, it doesn't matter. Because you don't need yeah. to do the fine line things, you know, yeah. each piece. So, but it's like freaking in there it's yeah. dark and i'm like Gee, that's gonna last a long time well and so. if you have multiple coils you could have the delicacy and the only problem with the coils is you have to set them up for each needle grouping so that's why they usually stuck to a liner and a shader but if you had like five different coils you could set them all up with different variances of line and you could do all those different tricky things if you want yeah. um benefit to them too is they tend to be cheaper um, you know, as far as buying them and everything, it depends on the maker, but like you can, I mean, if you learn how to do all that stuff, your dad probably would geek out about it with you. And like, 
you never know. You guys could go into a family business where your dad engineers and makes all of these tattoo machines and that you use, you know, your sister does it with you. She does the beauty end of it. And, you know, your mom does the books. Fuck it. You got a whole thing. <laughs> Seriously. I need to talk to my family someday. I need to be like, yo, what are we doing with our lives? Because like, I see, like, I see family businesses and everything. There, there are some pros and cons. Cause obviously like there's like, you have to all be on board with it because there's always that one child of the family. That's like, I don't want to inherit the family business. I want to do my mm-hmm. own thing. And that's okay. Like, that's what makes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. independence beautiful and everything. But like, Jesus, if you're all on board, like imagine what you could do. I have always told my mom too, that when I get my own business someday, I still, I, I want her to be my executive yeah. assistant. There you uh, go. And I've always, I've always wished my, for my man to also be like, uh, some kind of manager for myself as well, because he's the, he's, he's, a, he's in the military. Oh, he's right. a, uh, so he's like more of the, like, like he's a, he's a mechanic. So he's more of the like, um, logical, like type of person. Dude, that's perfect. Your dad yeah. and your boyfriend together. Holy shit. You know, <laughs> that'd be a whole thing, man. They'd be making all kinds of shit for you. I'm serious. <laughs> this could be a thing. It could be really, gonna, really cool. Yeah. I'm going to sit down I, with them. We talk to them about it. <laughs> I mean, at least start the ideas like going and, and dreaming, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at with my parents. I think it's a, I think that you'll find if, it, if there is a walk away from the family business, it'll probably be the next generation. Um, because I think yeah. that, I don't know, I, I, I'm to the point and it's a, it's a youthful thing to seek independence. I think now I'm, you know, I want to collaborate with more people. I want to see what we can amass together. And, you know, my family, I, I, I trust, I mean, we don't always, you know, get along, but I trust them. I trust them a lot. We, we know each other's shit. We know how to call each other out on it and move forward. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fine. So that I, that I know, but, you know, bringing all the pieces together, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. It, it, it's fine. <laughs> We're all pretty successful in our own right. So that's the benefit of it is that as it stands right now, we, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. I guess if we're all kind of put to our knees, we'll come together. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to know that. Yeah. Especially yeah. during these times where I'm starting to think of like, because before I didn't care where I moved to. And now I'm like, no, I want my family nearby because God knows like when the world's going to like, if not when, if the world will like, ever end soon you know what I mean because we're in like some weird times and I'm just like I've never actually had a moment where like I've thought about like oh my god I could die tomorrow because something like a war could break out at any moment over here or something like that you know what I mean some exciting news diary listeners we actually got a wonderful promotional code from reinventing the tattoo recently and we're happy to share this with you it's 10 percent off on a subscription to reinventing the tattoo and if you don't know about this wonderful wonderful service it's continuing education for working professionals very geared around tattooers but i would venture to say that if you are looking to improve your art skills and have regular momentum to your career creativity and to your own professional education. I can't recommend it enough. One of the prime people that you will be critiqued by and helped with and draw with and all of that good stuff is Guy Atchison. And if you don't know about him, you probably should. He is a very, very pivotal person in our industry. I joined them for for one exercise. I, I did a color study. 
I mean, Rico sat there and, and watched me the other night do mm -hmm. a, a color study exercise with Guy and company, and it was amazing. I was flexing all kinds of muscles. It's just all around if you want to improve your art skills. I can't see a better way than hanging out with a lot of professional artists and seeing the kind of work that they do and the kind of exercises they work on all the time. It's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. So again, that's www.reinventingthetattoo.com backslash The Apprenticeship Diaries. And that's gonna save you 10% on your subscription. Go check it out, folks. I, I do know what you mean. It's not even that, um, but I do understand. Just, just yesterday when we were on our way back from celebrating, my boyfriend got word that an owner of a company that we know, he died uh, on a car accident on the way to pick up his parents. His parents are from Pakistan and he's from Pakistan, oh. but he lives here and he works here. And he was on the way to the airport to pick them up. Now that broke my heart because these people are sitting there. They're waiting for their son who's never going to show up. His life ended in a moment where everything was in full speed. He had just been married for a month and oh my God. all of this stuff just stopped, you know, and it yeah. broke my heart, you know, like, and we, we were like, Whoa, no, 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 no. And just the gravity of that. And then I was like, you know, for me, I'm, he's at peace now, hopefully I, I hope. Um, but all the people that are left behind is who my heart goes out to and his parents, you know, like, what do you, what do you do with like a, a kid of yours that their, their life ends early. And then, you know, there's all these loose ends. There's a family business there. He's in another country. You're from another country. You were flying in town. Like all of this stuff was arrested. So that's the whole thing with like, you know, family. And I hope when people listen to this, when they're thinking about COVID is that it really is that fickle. It really can just end like that. And you don't need a war or COVID or any of these things that the op optics are like giving you some kind of foreshadowing of what could be. A lot of times there is no foresh foreshadowing. It just happens. Yeah. It just and, happens. And, and fuck, fuck, man. It's sad yeah. and it's over and we, people just got to deal. Same thing with a friend of mine, her, her son just passed away and left a, a he he just woke up one morning and sat there on the bed and his heart stopped. And he was a young man. He was a little younger than me and left a, you know, uh, a baby behind a, a wife and his new kid and a business and his mom who I like, oh my God, like I haven't talked to her enough, but like, that's how quickly. And yeah. as I've gotten older, I've seen more of that. I mean, I went to, I've said it on the podcast before and I've said it to my friends, but I went to a 20 year high school reunion and there were people there that didn't make it, that we honored on that day that we did a memorial. One of the guys walked out of his house, slipped, fell and hit his head on concrete, leaving his house toast out, left He's wife, good. kids, everything. So, you know, if you're not living your life and you're not pursuing happiness and you're not like really like do what makes your heart sing because at any moment it could just not be there anymore. And, and 
when you're not happy or when you're feeling these certain ways, just stop and think about, yeah, I just, just think about how, how precious this time is and how you're using it and shift, shift whatever you're doing. Cause that's the one thing I can walk away with with psychedelics is that's something you realize when you're on psychedelics, like, well, I'm kind of freaking out right now, but the second you realize, okay, I'm on drugs. Maybe if I just think about something else, as soon as you do, you're having a whole other experience. <laughs> like, oh my like, God. Holy shit. I, I control my perception. Yeah. I wanted to like them. I, I, uh, I've only ever smoked weed. Um, and it gives me anxiety, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing I've always like wondered, uh, is about shrooms because like, um, uh, I know, well, one, they're like very natural. It's like mm-hmm. literally from the earth and everything. And then I know like, there's, I like anything where there's a ritual behind it, where like mm-hmm. there's a shaman and everything that can bless the shrooms for you and everything mm-hmm. and guide you through this whole thing. Like, I like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, anything that's a little bit more like on the man-made spectrum, like no judgment. I just, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I think that that's wise. Um, you definitely get a, a much different experience with them. Even, even if they're a nicer onset of like a, a high or a trip or something. The one thing that I will say for anybody who wants to experiment with psychedelics is like any trip, it's better when you plan for a trip. So if you haven't, yeah, if you haven't gone there before, and if you haven't done this before, definitely have somebody who has so they can tell you about some things to look out for best to do it with them because they can help you through whatever you're dealing with and and kind of reassure, reassure you. And then, you know, like they know how to plan for certain things. Like, you know, when you're going on a trip, like there's people who are well-traveled, they, they know certain, they know how to pack. They know what sites to hit. They know what's there and what's not there. So the same thing with like any kind of, you know, mushroom experience, you know, people who know how to do it, they know certain things. Like I've now realized that I don't want to ever do mushrooms again in the winter time. Like I don't like feeling things dying and I don't like being inside, which, you know, kind of invokes you to do. And when I get cold, I don't want to move. Like, I don't want to, like, I I get very sedentary. So, um, it kind of paralyzes me and I spent my entire trip on the floor, like finding every bit of a blanket that I just didn't move out of. I just didn't move out of, I was like, I don't want to move. (laughs) So I, I find that it's best to do trips like that when, because that's with mushrooms, mushrooms connect you more so than acid or other things. Mushrooms connect you with the world. Like it really helps you feel your surroundings. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't appreciate or really enjoy the, the connection. Maybe I would have had it gone out of my house, but it was very cold. Um, I didn't appreciate it during the winter. And I found with somebody who told me, he's like, yeah, I don't trip in the winter. I only do it when spring comes. And I only do it when, when things are alive and moving and there's warmth. And I was like, huh, okay. Learned. That's probably why I had that that experience. But like, you know, like with all of these things, it's, it's good to like, you know, talk to people about what kind of experience you're hoping to cultivate, what you're trying to go into. For me, it's, it's always great because I'm such a control freak that I kind of like being smacked around a little bit by it because that's what happens. I always go into it thinking, this is going to be amazing, which is dumb. Don't do that. Um, no, I always, I always, I like have apprehension about, it. I'm always like, is this going to kill me? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm the no. complete opposite. I never think that, which I probably should a lot more in life. Um, I, I have just this raw tenacity about things. It's just like, fucking kill me. Like, I, it's just weird. I don't know. I it's don't have enough. I, no, it's not. I don't have enough preservation. <laughs> I don't have enough. For people who care about me, they're freaked out most of the time. And that's the thing is they're just like, dude, you're fucking freaking us out. Like, could you just try to stay alive for us? Because we like care. Well, you might not care, but we care. Um, So that's that's my issue. But yeah, like it's, it's good to just like. Uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to experience these things. I personally recommend an event or something like that. that's choreographed around, um, the purpose where they know everybody's going to be on drugs. Like EDM festivals are great for, for that kind of experience. You wouldn't think so because you think the social anxiety would be a thing, but it's, it's not really, um, it's, it's incredible because everybody's there for the same purpose. They're all there to pretty much be on drugs, be like this weird other thing for the day and just commune and feel the music and experiencing it in this big, like, I don't know, energy kind of orgy kind of thing. It's really cool. Like you, you get to see, you get to see minds kind of connect because when people are moving to music in such a way, you can see how they're moving like flocks of birds that, that, know how to move together and and fly together it's really really cool um and then you're like oh man i i get music more now that i've seen this like i get i get what music is even doing more yeah. like what it's connecting with it's so cool music's very key um to to tripping i feel like i feel like it adds a lot um i get a high to music without anything like whenever I go to concerts I have this moment where like all of a sudden like dive into myself and I'm like dude I feel like this synchronicity amongst the crowd that I'm in mm-hmm. and it feels very magical and you're just like dude, we're all singing the same thing we're all vibing with the same thing we're yeah. all sharing love for the same thing right now at the moment yeah. especially those songs that they have those songs where everybody brings out their phones and their lights yeah and everything yeah. and they go like this like those ah, oh, like those moments are so spectacular. Yeah. Well, then that's <laughs> I live gonna, for those. Well, then you're probably gonna feel those like on on excess with it. I I never really connect to those things just because I think I'm I don't know I, I am so me. The walls are so there that that this is me and I'm so an island that I like need something to turn that off in my brain. And when I do, I I I'm just open. And the floodgates, like that controller is off. And and then all this stuff is received. It's really cool. But yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it. But like either way, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome if you do. I, I think that it teaches people a lot. And it's something that you don't, at least not with me, that I want to abuse because it definitely, I don't know, I, I let it smack me around. Um and I learn a lot from it, but I don't think it's anything that you would just once you do it once, you're going to be like, oh, I can see why people don't abuse that. I can see why that's not an everyday thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and microdosing, I've never tried that, but I could see how that um, has its applicability for people with like intense anxiety or things like that, because it it does. I don't know. It it. I don't know. It, it kind of, like I said, it connects you to your world in some way. Like it, it turns something on or off in your chemical responses. I've learned that all like the herbal medicines of the world, uh, like they're, 
they're all teachers. So mm-hmm. like, and they all teach something. So, um, uh, Teal Swan really goes into this really beautifully where she talks about like the, uh, vibration of weed and everything mm-hmm. and what it's supposed to teach. And she explains how the people, why the people who get negative side effects from it, it's because their, their vibrational frequency is above weed so oh. that when they smoke weed, uh, in order to meet the vibration of weed, they have to bring their vibration down mm-hmm. to uh, meet weed, which is why they get the negative side effects. Oh. And then there's people who have the lower frequency where weed is like an aid to them. Mm-hmm. And to meet the frequency of weed, uh, it raises, they have to raise their frequency to meet it, which is why they get positive effects. Oh. And they obviously weed like does serve a purpose. And, it, and yeah. a lot of it is the anxiety part and, um, I don't know. I think, uh, flow too. I notice people always have like flow when they like smoke weed or something. Whereas without it, they feel like they're just like frustrated and stuff. So I feel like it serves a purpose. I think it's an accelerant for me. I, I, I resonated with what you said there though, because I found when 2020 hit and when I was kind of freaking out about everything, I really couldn't get high. Like I would smoke and then I couldn't, I couldn't get high cause I was so upset and so angry. And so like, I don't know, like my body was just kind of like at this frequency, like you said, where I was not able to relax into the drug. I wasn't like my, like my, my alert, like buttons were like pushed on like way alert. So I just couldn't, like, I could barely it, it didn't do what it was usually. And it frustrated me because I was like, I'm not getting from this what I want. And I don't even want to be low like this. Like, I don't even want to commune with it because my body is telling me that I need to be like on point and I need Present. to be sharp. Yeah. Maybe exactly. the, I feel like maybe the plants are probably intelligent to some degree where it knows that. And mm-hmm. it'll like, maybe like, I guess like, uh, I don't know, adjust itself to your frequency where like, it'll teach you that where it's like, mm-hmm. no, you need to tune into yourself right now. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. I, I, dude, I am, I am a person who will entertain almost anything because I think it's more fun than saying no. <laughs> That's why I even got into this stuff because like, the, especially the paranormal aspect, cause I've done, I've gotten <laughs> psychic readings cause yeah. I had my psychic medium friend and, oh. uh, People are always like skeptical and they're like, Psh. but I'm like, but wouldn't it like, just hear me out. Wouldn't it be more fun if it was true? So why not entertain that? Like, what's it going to hurt if you actually do entertain the idea? Is it going to kill you? Yeah. You know, and then occasionally I would get the people that are like, oh yes. Like, don't, don't even entertain that world, uh, you know, beyond the realm because you're going to die. Like, you know, some, like, you're going to come across a Ouija board and it's going to kill you and all this stuff. And you're going to summon all the demon. This, these people made me like, I actually have a Ouija board. <laughs> I never had anything happen to me with it. I can't even use it. Like a, a few times I tried using it. I'm like, this thing isn't working for me. What's wrong? And it, I'm still alive. I don't have demons or like some pair, uh, what is it? Poltergeists in here or whatever. The most I've ever had in the spiritual community or like the spiritual realm with the world beyond is like I've had visions of I have had cool psychic readings where like I've had my first reading was with uh like my grandmother 
who passed and I knew it was her. Uh, I wasn't close with her. That's the thing. It was very interesting. Uh, and, uh, I knew it was her because my, my friend who was the medium, she told me things that nobody else knew. And I was like, okay. I was like, so this is a thing where you have to experience it yourself because otherwise it sounds like a bunch of baloney, but I've also dived into the part of, um, healing. Cause I've had a, um, I tell people this story all the time. People are always just like, Oh, but like, it means so much to me because it's woke. It's, it's opened my eyes to alternative medicine, alternative. That's what they call it. But it's like to a whole other side of medicine. medicine. Yeah. To me, it's the true medicine, Mm -hmm. but I've come across people where like, I had a condition, a very chronic condition for three years and it started to debilitate me in work. Like, uh, it was a, it was a condition where once pain flared up. I was, I would be stuck in the bathroom for like six hours on end. Oh my God. And it was really, yeah, it was, it was terrible. And like, if if the pain started flaring up at work, I would get anxiety because I'd be like, Oh no, like I need a bathroom like right right now. And it's, it's uncomfortable when you're outside. So it got really bad. Uh, and doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. I even saw specialists. I saw a Eurogyne, uh, specialist. Um, I saw my regular doctor. Um, I went to urgent care every month, like twice a month. I was in urgent care because mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I'm getting symptoms again. Dude. And they just gave me, cause I thought it was a bladder infection mm-hmm. and I thought it was just like, I just got bladder infections all the time. Yeah. And, uh, they would prescribe me antibiotics all the time for the bladder infection. And then it took one doctor to look at my lab reports and be like, you've never had an infection, Whoa! but you're here a lot. So you should probably figure out what the hell is wrong with you. And I was like, mm-hmm. so this entire time you guys have been giving me antibiotics every single month Whoa. for something I never even had. Whoa. So, uh, I, fi- I finally met. Well, and that uh, you probably know, exacerbated it too, because if it killed all of your natural biomes in your gut, it probably yeah. eradicated good, good by bi- like good, um, you know, probiotics, microbiome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, microbiome in your, in your gut, it killed everything. So, and when I saw like, the, yeah, <laughs> when I saw the, uh, like a divine timing kind of thing, I like, uh, ran into an old friend of mine and he introduced me to this guru that he follows. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like everybody prefers somebody that they follow. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I met this, the, I finally like was like, all right, let me give it a shot. I went to a workshop. And I got a one-on-one with the guy uh, because we, they got to randomly select 11 people out of the workshop to have mm-hmm. a one-on-one with him. And I got a one-on-one with him and I told him my issue, uh, what was going on with me. Right. And he told me that the uh, antibiotics definitely like put some kind of um, entity in my body that was hurting my body. Right. Uh, and he also told me like some other things that were happening with the organs or what, I don't know how he was doing it, but he was doing it. And I was like, he's telling me more than all the doctors ever did. So, right. you know, I'm going, with it. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'm going with it. Yeah. And I went from having pain pills every day to nothing at all. And wow. I've, uh, I've been clear recently, it started flaring up uh, a couple of weeks ago, like last month, it started flaring up just a little bit. And I started panicking and I reached out to those same people who, who helped heal, uh, heal me the first time. And I asked them, um, what was going on and everything. And they worked with me remotely. They can do their, whatever yeah, yeah. their ability is remotely. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, worked with me for like two days and I'm clear again. Wow. So I'm like, dude, why not? Like if you, I know I understand that people have to have these experiences to believe it. And somehow I'm still to this day, 
I get skeptical with this stuff too, because I'm like, I know it happened to me before and I've manifested things too out of my life before. I'm like, well, that was magical, but right. you always still fall back into the whole, like, but am I crazy though? Like, but really, you know, I mean, we're all stardust, dude. Like we're all floating in what we perceive to be infinite space where there is no time. And yeah. that we're like, we're like a flea on the speck of a sand, whatever particle, like that's how in, like small we fucking are. So like, it doesn't baffle me in the slightest because if you can, if you can at least conceive of that, then, then you should be able to conceive of anything. Yeah. Um, and my mom, just, just like you said, um, she was talking to me recently about a woman that we met uh, earlier. She was like, do you know if, um, it was a woman, it was an esthetician that we had at our hair salon. She's like, do you know if Maria ever mentioned Alex, your, your therapist? I said, no. She said, well, I found a post where she had, she only has like this Facebook page that she's never touched, but on it was her talking to Alex, your, 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 uh, your therapist. And you know, Alex has been dead since 2018. And she was like, Maria knew her. And I said, well, you know, they all kind of run in the same circles, uh, you know, holistic people and healers and, and social workers and stuff. They all kind of trade in the same kind of, um, medicine really. And, and I said, that doesn't surprise me. And my mom was like, she goes, you know, Maria did this thing with me once. She's like, she was very weird. I, I feel cause she was very emotionally pricked by a lot of stuff that I just didn't understand. But she did tell me, she was like, she said that my gut was off. She said she could sense something in my gut that was off. And, and during COVID, my mom had a severe hiatal hernia that she apparently had had her whole life that that had flared up to the point where her stomach and her colon were in her, in, in her throat. And she, uh, you know, talk about elective surgeries that were not, were not recognized during COVID, but that was one of them was her hiatal hernia, hernia surgery was postponed because of COVID. So she had to suffer for like another six months, um, with this hiatal hernia that she had that was making her violently ill for forever. But she's like, she, she says, I thought she was freaking off a rocker when she told me that. Cause I didn't feel anything, but she was like, she felt it then she felt there, there was something then. And I, I didn't, I didn't ever know what the hell it was until I had this hiatal hernia, but she probably sensed it then. And she's like, I remember her telling me that my gut was off. And she's like, I, you know, now, of course I, I, you know, now she knows she was right, but who, you know, yeah. at the time. So yeah, there's a lot of validity to it. I don't know how they do it or not. I mean, my dad's a um a massage therapist and we've worked with eastern medicine and and philosophies most of my life cuz he's done martial arts and uh, massage, but like when he was teaching me massage and cuz I just know it on a, you know, just by proxy, he would show me things. I'm a good massager because I can feel the tension. Like you, you learn to feel these areas of where people are bound up and, and this tightness that you can feel in their bodies. And if you know how to work it and you know how the body's comprised, you can release those things. So he taught me those things from a very early age, which, you know, when you're growing up, you don't realize it's rare that most people don't know how to do that. And so when you watch people oh. and you have, you have that understanding about things and, and, you know, when people come to me and they're like, well, you might not believe in this. I'm like, no, I, 
you'd be surprised what I believe. I'm like, I've seen a lot of validity in some weird places that are not mainstream at all. So I was like, I grew up around massage therapists and, you know, Reiki specialists. And I've met all kinds of different, different people. I put credence in all of it because I I think that we're all comprised of the same thing. It's all energy. It's all, you know, and I, I think that they're, um, there are people who can, you know, they've just learned how to be specifically attuned to those things and how to interpret them. Um, which again, you know, coming down to like the whole school of thought thing, like when, and you know, these ivory tower school kind of thing, it's, it's the package paper that you pay for, but I don't know if they really teach you how to listen and how to really know yourself. Um, yeah. you, need, you need kind of a guru to do that. You need somebody who's in the thick of it to, to, to really do it. I feel it's not to say that they aren't going to be good at what they do or learn something about it. That's, that's, you know, I think it's all cross pollinated. I just wish they could all fucking like, like our families. I wish they could all work together. Yeah. And then we'd have like awesome success, but they won't. So yeah, <laughs> no, it's always powered by a different, like, you know, powered by green that's a whole different like yeah corporate games are not fun well and ego too like i'm right you're wrong or or this isn't valid and it's like come on dude like it's all valid there's only one way there's not multiple ways you know yeah 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 well i mean so how can people find you you are starting your apprenticeship journey so we're going to probably see a lot of that on your instagram upcoming um but how can they find you and how can they follow you and in what ways would you i don't know like to be reached out to or anything like that so i guess uh i guess instagram is a big uh hub for uh a lot of tattoo artists um my instagram is at sabrina mati m-a-t-i underscore art uh, I do have a, another, uh, I have actually multiple accounts, but that's going to be the most, the area where I post most of my art. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell people if you're interested in like, you know, following me as a person, I post a lot more stuff about my life in general on a, my other page, which is just at Sabrina Matti. Okay. Um, I know it's not for everybody because people are just like, I just want to see art. And I'm like, okay, and then here you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's like I got that portfolio. Too. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, there's, um, my, I have a Tumblr where I also post my art. I actually use that Tumblr as like a portfolio. Like whenever okay. I like send my resume to jobs and stuff, uh, I just send them that link because it has like everything. And then also it has everything that I've worked on before too. Oh, wonderful. So uh, it's just sabrinamatti.tumblr.com. Awesome. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, I have to, well, I've had two, but I, we don't do the podcast so much anymore for animation. We've kind of like all fallen off the wagon a bit since COVID hit, mm-hmm. but, um, on my own channel, I think it's just, uh, youtube.com slash Sabrina Matti. Awesome. And I do have like a, a little podcast on there that I have like six episodes up of already, um, where I do talk about the mental health aspect. Like I talk about metaphysics, spirituality, self-development, like anything that has to do with that realm. And the, there's like a chunk of episodes where me and a friend of mine, um, that psychic medium that I told you about, she's like a super close friend of mine now. Like she's like one of my best friends. I love um, it. But yeah, we've been, we've known each other for years now. Uh, we talk, she's a piano uh, player. So she's also an artist. 
and she dances a little bit too. So she knows this realm as well as like, you know, battling the blocks of being an artist. So we do have like episodes where we talk about breaking down the blocks uh, of um, artist blocks and yeah, everything yeah. through, through mental health and self-development and just learning how art is an extension of yourself and everything and how to like dive into who you are more as an artist and as a person and everything. Wanna, so. I'm going to listen to those um, for sure and, and seek them out. Cause uh, the fact that she's a piano player, my, I just met my, my boyfriend's uh, niece the other day. And she's going through a lot of anxiety and mental issues. She says she wants to get back into therapy, but most of them put her on medications that she's really like, that's giving her more anxiety. And she's a piano player. She said, piano is the one place where everything stops and, and the world is good to me and I can be and be happy. And, um, so I would love to, um, after the show, definitely like connect with you and find out your friend and maybe give her, um, give her her numbers or way to contact her. Yeah. And we would love to like, it's, yeah. it's more like my, it's more of like my little podcast. Uh, I've just had her on like, cause me and her, we talk so well, but like, like we talk, we can go on forever about like existential stuff, like kind of yeah. like how you and I did today. We talked about like everything and like what it all means and everything. And, uh, it would be awesome if we, if yeah. me, you and her could actually chat for an episode. Yeah. I would stuff. love that. I would yeah. love that. I would love that. And I would, yeah, like whatever way we can like, you know, bring all these. Cause like I said, if we can just mash all this talent together and all this coolness, then, then we got our people, man. It's good. Yeah. I also want to put you in contact too, since you're starting your, your tattoo um, journey. I just met, um, you might've listened to her podcast, but Krista Reed was recently and she's in upstate New York, but, um, she actually, after we did a podcast with her, she was like, dude, this is really amazing. I really, I think I want to start a podcast and she wants to do it all about like the healing, um, aspects of it. And, um, it seems like you guys are very linked with that. So I'd love for you to meet her because, you know, if you ever want to do a guest spot or something, she, um, she co-owns either she owns or she co-owns the the tattoo studio and they're always looking for guest artists so it's a good connection to have um, okay that and she you know you're all you're all into the same stuff so like yeah it'll be great for everybody I to, love meeting people yeah. in this room like oh oh my god it's amazing and you <laughs> it remind, feels like you're finding family you yeah, know no totally totally and that's how we felt like automatically I love Krista like just automatically just remotely like this that's how I know they can do their job remotely because you know it, it's it's an added thing when you get to be in person but but you can feel a person by just interacting this way I think is really cool it's it's next level I really like it I love um, it yeah well fantastic <laughs> um I don't want to take up much of your time because I do know you have to get to things in the rest of your day but thank you so much man like you, you have been a pleasure and I can't wait to watch you and see what magic you create in this world because I think it's going to be really awesome I can't wait to like update you too I love the yeah. little support thank you so much <laughs> of course of course I'm very excited and um I'll definitely let you know when all of the the episodes are released and stuff but uh thank you so much thank you I've been listening to all of your other episodes too when I'm like listening to you chat and everything I'm like oh I feel like her this whole entire episode not episode um uh, podcast is like super must be super interesting 
Because I we, can only imagine like the different people that you have on and everything in the conversations. I'm like, oh, this is really in depth. And I like that you said you don't have a structure because I'm like, no. okay. Because <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you just get more out of a person when it's like that, you know? That was the point. I feel like when you're dealing with um, the, the crit- critique that I got, um, and this is valuable for the, the people listening to, and even him, if he dares listen, but I think the critique I got from him is somebody who only has a certain amount of time to digest information and he has a very regimented life and, and he wants, he wants quickness to his, his absorption. His time is very valuable and he doesn't want to waste it and be like, what is the point of this? But the point of it, at least for me is meeting people. And I, yeah. I don't feel like that's something where you should be rushed in it. And mm-hmm. I, I get that we're all trying to get down to brass tacks and everything. But when I'm listening to a podcast, I, I like I like feeling a person. I like getting a sense like, you know, you can access all these celebrities and stuff by watching their films and get, you know, a kind of view of them portraying somebody. But when you're listening to a podcast, I want to I want to kind of meet you. I want to kind of hear you. And um, that was his critique. He was like, you know, I feel like this is good for the people who know you, like they get to listen to you and, and hear as you, you know, meet other people and stuff. But I, I don't really know what the point is. I said, we just said the point, like the point is that the point is that we're all going through shit and we're all, we're all trying to figure it out together. And it's, it's raw and it's not structured and we're trying to get better and better and better. And I don't fucking know where it's going to lead, but it, <laughs> that's what pursuing passion is. Like you just yeah. do it. Like, yeah. and I want to show people it can be dumb. It can be whatever it can be, whatever, you know, you never know who's going to value what you have to say in a moment. And that's the point of like putting yourself out there as just a, a what you perceive to be a normal person who, you know, there's nothing special. And then finding out that there is actually something very special to it or when you're not on this planet anymore, what value there's going to be to that moment that you, you gave yourself to for everyone else. I mean, think about it, that guy who died last night, everything that he has and everything that he put out in the world is now cherished by everyone who knew him because there's Mm -hmm. no more. They won't have any more. So that's the point. That's the fucking point. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows <laughs> what else there is? I mean, we're just going shit. <laughs> Not for me to make you get it, man. <laughs> you don't want to listen. If you don't got time to don't listen. That's right. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> so I've feel. had people do the same thing with me because of the yeah. whole YouTube culture and everything. Like, cause my podcast is through YouTube, but, uh, I, and I've been wanting to put it on other platforms, but yeah, I've heard this. I've heard the same thing where it's like, it's too long. Like you need to, fit it within 30 minutes i'm like jesus like that's how how what can you even hear out of 30 minutes like for me when i listen to things if i see that it's 50 minutes long or like you know or an hour long or an hour and a half i'm like hell yeah and i get excited listening to those because i like long drives or shower getting ready i like that yes Uh, but that's what i like to listen to is that like this is all the time where i'm trying to like I don't know. Like, I don't want the silence of my own brain because that that's, you know, I'm already all in that, you know, that's my life. I want to, I want to, I want to listen to somebody else and how they're dissecting the world and kind of, you know, I'm not necessarily listening just because I, I, 
hope to gleam some epic. I don't even believe that that's there. It's like Teal Swan. Like I'm not this, I'm not your fucking guru. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just this pristine bit being always like, you know, elevating, you know, as I'm cross-legged in my house, like, you know, at this certain vibration. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm like fucked up, you know, eating, having a thing of pork rinds, like on my chest as I'm like wrapped up in a pillow watching the marvelous Miss Maisel. Like that's me. Like, (laughs) don't think that there's some epic thing here more than that. But I want to know, like when I'm listening to things that other people are doing it too, like it's refreshing and it just makes me feel more connected. Like, cause I feel weird otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh, am I the only person? Okay. I guess I am. No, but you're definitely not. Definitely not. Like I'm the exact same way with my, like any podcast or thing that I've ever been on or I've always had a very loose layout and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stick to this and see where it goes, you know? Right. And plus we have these tools, you know, like they can connect you with so many different kinds of people of so many different kinds of creeds, sensibilities, everything. Why not? you know like that's what I want so uh, there is no fucking point I don't know what I'm doing I'm living (laughs) I'm fucking living I know that's what I'm doing I don't know it's all pretty cool man like I'm happy to be here I'm happy you're here yeah man ditto 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 (laughs) well yes exactly no I mean legit man like namaste all those good things um god bless <laughs> peace love granola whatever granola. glitter i can throw on it cherry on top you know <laughs> <laughs> i love it um with that have a great rest of your evening and uh, <laughs> I'm, i've you. been honored by you and uh this is really fun. I can't wait to, I mean, we have each other's number now, so I hope that we yeah. keep in touch uh, for yes. a long time. We can watch each other grow and touch base. It's going to yes, be really cool. Yes. <laughs> and good luck with your work too. I love, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Thank your you. work. You're Thank phenomenal. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I try. <laughs> I, I try. It. That will be on my grave. She tried. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Perfect closing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank awesome. you so much, Amy. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This has been amazing. You've given me a lot of your time, and that's awesome. <laughs> no problem. And we'll, we'll have more in the future, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this will be the Well, that concludes our interview, but certainly not the uh, the lifespan of a phoenix, as we know, well know. Uh, they keep dying and rising. And I'm sure the same will be for Sabrina. Uh, Keep in mind that when we did this interview recording, it was the start of Sabrina's journey as an apprentice. She had just just landed one and was starting. It was back in February of this year. So she's been up and rolling for quite a time right now. And I hope that everyone checks her out on the social medias and follows her work. Uh, She's brilliant and... uh, I really hope that, uh, well, I know that we're going to see a lot more from this person in the future. Thank you, Sabrina, and thanks, Diary listeners. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.